0: excited about this because i can already tell that we are gonna have very different feelings about this movie
1: oh man you in- you do you enjoyed this movie i've started recording we should do an intro and everything but we can start talking uh, yeah
0: about- yeah i started recording too but yes we should do an intro uh so hello and welcome to uh the second episode of the screen test of time i'm susan raslin
1: i'm david Daw.
0: Uh, And this is the podcast where we watch every movie ever nominated for an Oscar for Best Picture in order from the very first award ceremony to eventually the present year. This week, we watched the 1927 movie Wings, which actually did win the Academy Award for Best Picture. And once we've watch next week's movie which is the racket that will be everything for 1928 and then we'll decide which movie should have won the oscar but yeah so let's jump right in because i'm really excited to hear your thoughts on this movie um
1: yeah i my i i didn't i didn't like this movie i liked about 20 minutes of this two and a half hour long movie um it was
0: really long
1: yeah and like Really unnecessarily so for several of the <laughs> plot lines. I oh I just oh god. So basically, um, this this is, this is a weird one, um, because it's, one what is it with like nineteen twenty seven and thinking World War One is just a great setting for like light comic subplots.
0: Yeah, that that did happen in this and in Seventh Heaven. I feel like this one did touch on though like you know people you love die in war and they're i mean yeah. it wasn't like totally horrifying but you know
1: yeah but there's still like the wacky like then there's a danish guy and we're all going to be ra- racist against him um for just long periods of time
0: cuz his name sounds german
1: uh, but then actual germans were weirdly nice to in this film like there's just a whole <laughs> lot of weird subplots about just like The Germans were doing their best with a bad hand. War. Sucks.
0: The titles for this movie are definitely very, like, trying to invoke Charge of the Light Brigade level poetic.
1: I actually wanted to go through, like, I feel like it's easier to just list the things I actually liked about this film. Um, (laughs) Oh,
0: wow. Okay, for the record, I thought that it was a million times better than Seventh Heaven.
1: No, no. They were, they're very different. Ways I liked the first ten minutes of this way more than I liked Seventh Heaven. Um, but then it just fucking dragged. Which is I think I just don't like war movies, as I texted you earlier, <laughs> is what I've learned from this. Cause just every fucking scene of this that was actually the war, I was like, Oh Christ. This again? More of war? Ugh.
0: The war scenes went on way too long. And it was also kind of amazing to me that they didn't trust and maybe this has to do with the time because like people hadn't seen war footage but they totally did not trust us to understand what was actually going on it would be like here's a five minute scene and now we'll give you a title card that tells you what just happened
1: that was honestly helpful for me because i kept just spacing out because the scenes were so long and so like the same exact footage of a of a plane clearly sitting on the ground firing blanks Every single time a plane fired on another plane, which I really want to be clear, like the visuals for this movie in a lot of ways are one of the things that I would actually say I do like about it. Clearly a lot of stuff happens here that's cinematographically interesting, but it's also 1927. So like you kind of have to set expectations low. (laughs)
0: No, we don't. That's the whole point of doing it as the test of time is we can't exclusively say, like, oh, well, but they didn't know what they were doing because it was 1927.
1: Okay, in that case, what I will say is Guys, you put the little model in a fixed position and you moved the camera around it. How did it take 50 years from this?
0: But what's that in reference Uh, to, specifically? Well, the very
1: first shot of the fucking movie where there's that model airplane that flies up and freezes in place, and then the word wings appears over the frozen airplane. There's just a lot of shots where it's like, boy, if you guys figured out relative motion through moving the camera, this would be a lot more interesting during just war but they
0: but they actually flew these planes like they had they brought in people to fly them
1: i'm saying those parts are very very good but there's kind of parts where they do either they're relatively little model work i think there's only like five or six shots that are models in this but really what they have a lot of is like Clearly static shots of pickup shots that they did of planes on the ground.
0: Oh, yeah They okay. could
1: have they could have disguised that a little more is what I will say was distracting me most during the dogfighting sequences Anyway, I feel like we should describe the plot of this film because it will take about 12 seconds
0: Why don't you do it?
1: Cla- Clara <laughs> Bow is great and has a crush on an absolute piece of shit named Frank um, and then Frank is very competitive with David who is the richest boy in town and is also dating a summer queen. Then David and Frank go to war.
0: Uh, His name's Jack. It is Jack. God,
1: I've already forgotten all the details about this movie. I hate Jack (laughs) so much I didn't even bother to fucking remember his name right, because I hate him so much. Anyway, then they go to war and fly planes and they get awarded for flying planes while Clara Bow's doing the real fucking work and get to go on shore leave and get so drunk they almost get kicked out of army. But then Clara Bow saves them. Then David crashes and almost dies and steals a German plane and comes back. And Frank Jake, what's his name? Jack? Jack. Is Jack such a fucking dumbass. He kills David. But then everybody's like, the real murderer here is war. And Jack's like, you're right, now I'm gonna settle down with Clara Beau, who I spent the entire movie not realizing was really awesome. And she's like, Yes, fucking finally. I haven't figured out you're a shit from this movie where you were awful for 2 hours and 20 minutes.
0: <laughs> to be fair, they weren't around each other very much in the movie, so she like couldn't have that realization.
1: To be fair, every moment she's around him he is awful.
0: That's true. <laughs> That, that's true actually every moment that she is around him he is awful you left out the part about Sylvia
1: she I I called her the summer queen
0: oh oh okay David that's who we're talking about
1: D- David <laughs> David is dating a summer queen named Sylvia who Jack <laughs> is very very into until she just kind of disappears for the entire. Rest of the movie after the first 15 minutes. Well,
0: he, like, comes home after spending the entire war thinking that Sylvia loves him. And his rival for her affections is dead. And he's just like, yeah, Mary, you're the one. Turns out.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I Did I, like, miss a scene where Sylvia even comes back at the end or something?
0: No. I,
1: like, I that was a weird glaring omission to me. I, like, was thinking about that all through the weird scene where he goes and tries to accept the blame for David's death, which, by the way, he is totally responsible for.
0: Uh, yeah, no question. (laughs) And the
1: family is like, no, 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 don't blame yourself. Which, by the way, they seemed like real fucking ass, like weird asshole patrician rich people Protestants in Act 1. And then in Act 3, they're just like, (laughs) yeah, no, it's cool, it's cool that you killed our kid, we get it. Shit happens in war.
0: I was actually watching the first part of this with, with my boyfriend <laughs> or fiancé, whatever you want to call him. Sure. The person I'm going to marry who lives in my house. And when we first meet David and his and his parents, he was like, oh, that guy's an asshole. Because he's like tall, handsome, white guy with ostensibly blondish hair and blue eyes who's super rich. Yeah. I mean, their house is insane. Yeah, they have twenty foot ceilings in their draw. they have a drawing room.
1: I, I do want to say, though, I feel like this is a weird movie because one hundred percent, I feel like that's the read you're supposed to have on David. And yet, the very first shot we see of David, is Jack coming along and literally kidnapping his girlfriend and dragging her onto his new car.
0: Off of a swing. Yeah. Where she and, and David are hanging out. And she's playing the lute, which I feel like is a really hilarious detail.
1: I, I'm telling you, Summer Queen. <laughs> That's the thing, is like David's plot in this movie is like everyone's relationship to Jack. Jack repeatedly attempts to steal his girlfriend, just pretends like he did it when he didn't do it, then has a grudge against David for trying to continue to have his girlfriend date him to the point (laughs) where he just starts fucking physically beating the shit out of him.
0: To continue to have David's girlfriend date him.
1: Holds a grudge to the point where he physically beats the shit out of David at the army training base and then is like, You're all right, man. And David's like, Oh, finally, we're finally, I'm friends with Jack. Oh, it's really happening. I feel like Jack (laughs) is like the embodiment of America in this movie because he's really into fast cars, doesn't understand what's good about his life, fucks everything up, but goes through life with just this unquestioned confidence in himself, so everyone treats him like a fucking hero.
0: Except for Sylvia.
1: No, even she, like, she doesn't have the heart to tell him, like, that she has a boyfriend.
0: Possibly a fiancé. Like, it's not exactly clear, but it's like, maybe they're engaged or, like... Pre engaged?
1: <laughs> 100% she's waiting for him so they can get married at the other end of the war. Right. No question. Are we supposed to think David is an asshole for going off with another woman when they're at the Follies in the middle of Act Two? Does he? Yeah. And Clara Beau is like super dis. There's like this weird thing where she's like more disappointed in him and then just sad about the fact that Jack is screwing around with some rando. <laughs> And like,
0: who had the most amazing dress? Yes. Like, the girl that he, that Jack was almost going to sleep with at the Foley Berger, had the most amazing dress. It was like Art Nouveau on the line of deco, and obviously, like, covered in golden. Bugle beads. The costume design for this movie when they weren't at war was great.
1: Can we actually just talk for a moment about can, can we actually just like I know it's episode 2, but can we just break format and only talk about that scene because I have so many things to say about the scene where they're at, <laughs> at, at the Folly Berger. It
0: is it is definitely the best scene of the movie. No question.
1: Yes. If Clara Beau is the lead, it is the most important scene in the entire movie. And if Clara Beau isn't the lead, this movie is very bad and I don't like it.
0: (laughs) Yeah, I totally get the Clara Beau thing now, by the way. I was always like, oh, she's cute from pictures, but oh my God, she is just delightful. And I mean, she's like a cupcake as a human. Yeah,
1: and like one of the things I think is really remarkable is like in that very first scene, she's unattractive in a way. It's like if they actually had the balls in like 90s movies to like make the pretty girl genuinely not look attractive unless until they did her hair and took off the glasses.
0: But she's still totally charming.
1: She super is. It's just her haircut is incredibly unflattering in the first scene.
0: Yeah, and it's like standing up all over the place because she was under a car.
1: They play it really interestingly. Like Again, the first 10 minutes of this movie are great. Really, everything that isn't the war is great in this movie. And the actual shots of planes flying in the war are great. It's just that when the the title cards and the actual plot and then the having to care about the war part is awful and is a lot of the movie. I will say, though, I really like the overwritten title cards. I actually really came around on how overwritten they were.
0: Oh, I kind of loved it because I felt like it was really taking advantage of the form. Yeah. It wasn't just in case you needed to know what was happening because a lot of times... In 7th Heaven, whenever they would give just reference cards instead of dialogue, it kind of felt like... You know when you have an image and you put the the thing in there for the screen reader to know what it is? Where it's like, picture of boy bouncing ball. Yeah. Which tells you nothing about, like, the feeling of it at all. It's just like, well, literally that is what that is. But in this, like, all of the title cards that, well, that were dialogue and weren't dialogue, I think... Were meant to give you some sort of emotional foundation of the scene.
1: Oh yeah, like from fucking right off the bat. Oh yeah, that fucking overwrought Charles Lindbergh thing at the like very very beginning,
0: which also like,
1: awkward. <laughs> right, like that. That like I feel like there was like a 1932 director's cut of whoops, <laughs> um, but but yeah, like maybe that wasn't the best draft pick for our super patriotic film <laughs> um but the but yeah just to the, it just starts off with like just just a few months ago Charles Lindbergh maybe you've heard of him
0: <laughs> right. said that
1: all of the guys that flew planes in World War 1 were the best at flying planes that ever fucking happened <laughs> for real We dedicate this movie to them because they are true American patriots. And then, like, you're, all right, we're fucking in it. And then there's a fucking asshole who makes a girl fix up a car for him and then drives off to try and date a summer queen.
0: Yes, to literally kidnap. (sighs) And, And there's no fallout from that, which I find to be amazing. David is the most patient self-sacrificing human being. So he has the, uh, for people who haven't seen this, David goes to, sorry, Jack goes to visit Sylvia and she's like riding on a picture of herself on the back, like, you know, dear David, I love you and I'll wait for you or whatever. Yeah. Something to that effect and puts it in a silver locket and Jack shows up and is like, oh, for me, thanks! Puts it in his pocket. David walks in and is like, huh how about that and then when they're at war and the picture falls out of the locket david like lunges for it picks it up sees what's on the back and is like no i i'm not gonna give it back to you give me the locket i'll put it in for you and then rips it up so that he looks like an asshole rather than risking breaking jack's heart and i was like oh he's gonna die yeah. That was the point where I was like, no, he's like, he's too good for this world. Oh, no.
1: One, uh, See, that's one of the things that I think really fucking killed this movie for me is that, like, from the moment I saw David's hair, I'm like, that boy dead. <laughs> that boy, that boy gonna die. Um, and, like, and I... Th- I,
0: love, I love that you just went, like, full Georgia. I, yeah. Like, sometimes it comes out.
1: Sometimes it comes out specifically when... When I see a pretty boy who is definitely for sure going to die in a war movie. (laughs) Um, Like, just his hair is too good for this world is an actual war movie thing. And I feel like this was the film that invented it.
0: Yeah, I mean, it probably was, considering that it came out in 1927. I
1: think that was one of the things that really killed this movie for me, is like, from about five minutes in, I had a real clear picture of how this movie was going to fucking go. And I just kind of spent the entire movie going, how does it take two hours for two hours and 25 minutes for David to die and Jack to see that the real love was right in front of him all along? And the answer is, I I still don't know, having watched the full movie. Yes, there are unnecessary subplots. Yes, the shots of airplanes last way too long. But there are just like 30 minute stretches in this movie where like nothing happens. Just, like, nothing happens. The Germans introduce a new final boss plane. um,
0: (laughs) Yeah, that, that did happen. And
1: they have to go fight that. You know, nothing happens is the wrong way to put it. I guess what I would say is what you would think would be a 10 to 15 minute sequence is a half an hour. And things will be introduced as, like, Now we're to the part of the movie where X happens, and then it takes 30 minutes for that thing to happen.
0: Yeah. Uh, But yes, back to the folie berger. Yes,
1: thank you, because I want to talk about the way that Jack gets drunk at the folie berger.
0: Which is amazing.
1: Which is amazing. It is also one of those things where, like, who was I talking to about this? About, like, that weird thing where, like, immediately pre-prohibition just like alcohol could do all these magic awful things in the same way that like don't smoke pot one time a guy smoked pot just one puff and he jumped out his 18th story window because he thought he was superman like this that's the relationship this movie i feel like has with alcohol even
0: though that it even though it's during prohibition
1: yeah so
0: explain what happens
1: jack gets so drunk he he gets excited, as we all do, by the bubbles in Champagne, but then hallucinates all sparkly things as bubbles because he is so drunk. Anything that sparkles or fizzes or just is round turns into bubbles because that is the kind of drunk that he is. He's also so drunk that he can't recognize his childhood best friend, which is like, not how that works. I feel like how that works is you get so (laughs) drunk that everyone is your childhood best friend somehow. (laughs) But I... Specifically the special effects in Bubbles that are to signify how drunk he is are amazing
0: when they have all the little bubbles coming out of the bottle and and off of the glasses and everything but then they go to the band and there's a guy with a tuba and the huge signal bubble comes out of it i was like yeah i'm here for this
1: i yes this is great i have to say every instance of them like basically doing animation for special effects in this film i loved i also love drawn in fires in the dogfights. Yeah. That really worked for me. Small, small wins for Wings. But the other, other, other thing that I wanted to talk about is I love that Clara Bow wins because in the most asshole Jack move of all time, he mistakes tears for Bubbles and is so excited she's crying. <laughs> he decides to go home with her instead.
0: Instead of the other chick. Well, but... The the thing that I love about that is she shows up in her like, I guess she's a a Red Cross volunteer or something. Yeah, not it's not really established, but she like delivers medical supplies.
1: One of the things on the Wikipedia page that I read to confirm that the plot of this movie was indeed the exact plot I thought it would be twenty minutes in, um, was that the movie was extensively rewritten so Clara Bow could have a starring role in it. Mm um because she was like the most bankable star at Paramount at the time.
0: Yeah, she apparently had a she had 2 to 1 investment odds, I learned. So like if you put Clara Bow in a movie, you'd make your money back twice over. Not just like what you spent on her, but the whole movie.
1: Yeah. She like invented the idea of the bankable star. And so it seems like this was going to be a war movie about Two men who were fighting over the same woman, but then, like, unite and bond over war. Right. And then they go back home and only one of them lives, and it's all very overwrought and sad. (laughs) Uh, And then they're like, but Clara Bow has to star in this movie. Should they fight over her? No, that's not enough plot for her. She needs, like, an active role. So I guess she, like, enlists in driving Red Cross supplies around. Also, the rule where she just looks like she was banging Jake, Jack, God, she's so boring. Um, and, and because it looks like she had sex with a member of the army, she has to resign in disgrace is very, very 1920s. Yes. Um.
0: They do come in on her and she's like naked.
1: Yes, but they do, like, it's not that I don't think the mistaken identity, the, like, mistaken what's going on here plot is bad. It's, I guess they do have, like, a shot of her that seems to kind of imply that, like, she could explain what really happened, but then Jack would get in trouble, and we can't let him have any consequences for any of his actions. So she, like, takes the fall, and it wouldn't just automatically be the girl always who gets thrown out of the military, adjacent thing god that scene is weird i
0: think my favorite part of that scene though is the she has that outfit on that's like the really cute little jacket that's belted really tightly at the waist so she kind of looks like she's wearing this proto 1960s mini dress because her trousers are really like Mm -hmm. slim uh and then she goes to the bathroom and is like crying because jack is an asshole and the bathroom attendant is like, and and I love that in the titles they actually put her like ridiculous French accent, so we know that the bathroom attendant is French. Yeah, obviously. Uh, the bathroom attendant is just like, come on, I'm gonna ditch my post and we're gonna go steal costumes there's, from the Folly Berger dancer. There's
1: so much I love about that one. I love that the women's restroom at the Folly Berger is. Fucking huge <laughs> and luxurious and completely empty.
0: Right, there's no one there except,
1: except for the w- one wise old bathroom attendant. Yes, um
0: who is basically a uh, total Dave's ex machina like wise old woman. Except she's like maybe ten years older than Clarabel,
1: and she just kind of drops everything to ostensibly because she wears it out of the place yeah just give her an outfit from one of the dancers at the Folly Bergère, which is
0: this just... totally sequined number with paillettes on it so of course when Jack sees it he's like bubbles! bubbles and then has the line oh I pick you bubbles because you even have bubbles coming out of your eyes because she's crying
1: which is just that's uh
0: yeah he's pretty terrible god
1: i hate him so much i feel like there was yet another thing i wanted to say about that scene i think oh i think it was just the thing where like yeah david just goes off with some chick in that scene oh that's what it was at the very end is he confessing to going home with her at the very end or is he talking about yet another night that he went out and and just banged some
0: wait you mean jack yeah i don't know Oh, no, he's talking about the night that he went home with Claire Beau. Uh,
1: that's that's what I but thought. But he didn't know it was her. Right. But it seemed weird that she wouldn't do a like, that was me. But but then at the same time, I guess like framing. I don't know. Like the fact that she frames that is like, it doesn't matter what happened in the past. What matters is our future together. Your indiscretions don't matter thing is just like, why wouldn't you just tell him? You've done so much for this guy to make him feel better about so much actual awful shit he's done. Like killing
0: his best friend. Right.
1: Like, as an example. (laughs) Uh,
0: Just for one. Uh, Yeah, I don't know why she didn't just tell him.
1: I guess she, like, maybe decided, like, that would just make him feel more awkward somehow. Like, he would feel bad she got kicked out of army. But no, he wouldn't. Because he has no soul. And can't feel human feelings. Maybe
0: because she's, like, clued up enough to know that if he's like, oh, that was you, well, then we definitely have to have sex right now.
1: But she seems, like, super-duper down to fuck is the thing.
0: <laughs> well, yeah, but it was, you know, it was the 20s, so she had to, like, be coy about it, I guess.
1: Yeah, I guess.
0: But no, she, she definitely was down.
1: <laughs> oh, my favorite thing about the Summer Queen is that she's from the city.
0: And they literally say like that gives her some sort of advantage in being attractive.
1: I love the just ambiguous town that this takes place in. The like any town USA that they're all from is great. Right.
0: Except that she is there from visiting from the city?
1: Yeah, or, like, used to, like, it's very unclear. And maybe she just, like, immediately went back to the city. Like, I feel like Sylvia escaped this movie and, like, just got in a relationship with somebody else immediately.
0: That seems like her. Yeah. But she did, she did write letters to, to David. Oh, right.
1: Yes. I'd forgotten. I really zoned out for the back half of this movie. I was trying my level fucking best to focus on the back half of this movie. But it was just like, when are we getting to David dying (laughs) for quite a while there in the back half?
0: Some memorable cameos in this movie, though. Mm
1: -hmm. Other than
0: the guy, the Dutch guy that everybody keeps trying to beat up because his name looks German because Americans don't know the difference. The tattoo that he has. ...is amazing. Yeah. It's an American flag that is squiggly, so it looks like it's waving in the wind. And it says, stars and stripes forever underneath it. So every time anybody's like, German, dude, he's like, I'm gonna rip my shirt off. And you think that he's gonna fight, but it's that he's showing his bicep tattoo, and then he flexes and unflexes, so the flag actually wiggles. Yup. Except for there's the one time where that doesn't work. And the Irish captain punches him in the face and just, like, floors him.
1: But then immediately it does work and he helps him up again after he flashes the Stars and Stripes Forever tattoo. This movie has a really complicated relationship with what it wants to say about him. Because I think the plot is supposed to be like, we're all fucking Americans now and we're fighting the real enemy who's over there. But it also does make him comically inept at everything.
0: Yes. Yes, it does. But Gary Cooper is in this movie?
1: Gary Cooper is in this movie and is too good for this movie and immediately dies. <laughs> he, he's so He's so handsome, he does not last three minutes in this film.
0: Which I thought was amazing. <laughs> he comes on screen and I'm like, oh my god, Gary Cooper. I know who that is. And he's like, yeah, I don't take any good luck charms up with me when I go flying, because when your time comes, you're just gonna die. And then, and then then dies, like, in practice.
1: It's, it's so weird, too. It's like one of those things where I, like, had to go back 20 seconds, because it was like, wait, what did I miss? How did Gary Cooper die? Because you, like, you expect it to have to be, like, the movie's gonna spend some real narrative time letting you know exactly how get nope it's just like there's some shots of planes and then oh gary cooper's dead now
0: uh and this was apparently like the movie that that
1: launched his career
0: even though he's in it for no time at all maybe 45 seconds
1: Uh, but there is a thing where just immediately the moment he's on screen you're like Oh shit, somebody super duper interesting is on screen right now.
0: Yeah, he was really compelling. I was I was waiting for him to be like the super handsome nihilist that Jack and David bond over hating or something, but Yeah. but there was he didn't last very long at all. Uh and then the
1: Teddy Roosevelt is in this movie for 12 seconds. What? <laughs> no, there's just a guy when they go to Paris. <laughs> There is just a a very portly man with a handlebar mustache who is smiling at everything in a top hat, driving around Paris with them, and he looks remarkably like Teddy Roosevelt. It is not Teddy Roosevelt.
0: Or intended to be. No. I was like, how did I... Because Teddy Roosevelt being not the best president ever, but my favorite. Like, obviously his cousin was the best president ever, but Teddy is the one that's like has the best stories
1: it, it also was i did have to like legitimately go check because teddy roosevelt also had one of those super weird late lives right. um in a lot of different ways like <laughs> if you told me that teddy roosevelt starred in a 1927 patriotic borderline jingoistic film about world war one for 20 seconds i'd be like yeah checks out yeah that
0: would in no way surprise me and then there's like the weird french General, where they all get medals for like doing a good war. I don't know. Like they had a battle and they did a good job, so everybody they, gets a medal.
1: They blew up the they blew up the German superplane and they didn't even need Captain America's yes, help.
0: Right. That's so what they
1: so they got a medal. But
0: instead of like kissing them on the cheek, he kisses them on the neck on both sides.
1: They also look so upset about it. Well, because it's fucking they, like,
0: creepy. Like, this guy they've I, never met is like, here, here's the medal, and then I'm going to very tenderly and slowly kiss you on both sides of your neck.
1: But, like, everyone, even the French guys that are getting honored with them seem very upset that this is happening to them. Well,
0: I'm, I, like, did they it, not know that when the French do that thing, they're kissing cheeks, not your neck?
1: I don't know. There's a lot that's weird about that scene. We went from this, like, triumphant victory over the German superplane to them suddenly just being, like, incredibly burned out by the horrors of war. That was, like, the turning point where, like, now we have to go drink to forget. Drink to forget what? That one time a German guy could have killed you and then instead waved? Like, what the (laughs) fuck are you, like, are you guys traumatized by? Like, I know World War One is awful, but you guys have had a pretty good run.
0: Yeah, that's true. Like, they weren't in the trenches or anything. They're just, like, flying around being super aces, like Snoopy with a scarf on
1: legitimately more horrifying things happened to clara bow driving for the red cross than happened to either of them at that point in the war a
0: church steeple fell on her car yeah while she was underneath it
1: and also like 50 dudes died like 20 feet away from her in a basement um (laughs) yep
0: and a bunch of people came running out like covered in dust and this movie i kept thinking like holy shit they just straight up flew a plane into a building yeah movies caused a lot more to make now in numbers but how much is two million in 1927
1: i a lot which was the
0: budget by the way y-
1: yeah the other You're thing, just thing that, randomly like, asking <laughs> the other thing it seems pretty steep and the other thing that made so much sense to me after watching this movie was the thing where like the director constantly clashed with the military advisors Fucking no shit! He flew a plane into a building. Like yeah, I bet he did. I bet the military advisors were like, "Don't fly a plane into a building," and he was like, "I'm gonna do it." <laughs> and then th- like that took a week because you shouldn't fly a plane into a building.
0: No, you shouldn't. So apparently, it's the it's comparable to twenty seven million two hundred eighty thousand and change. Which like is still not that much for a movie today, but that's because you have to pay like twenty million to an actor.
1: Yeah. And it's also I mean, there's so many things about this movie you like couldn't do today. Like fly
0: like a fly plane into a or blow building. up a church.
1: Yeah. <laughs> the the one I was specifically thinking of was just how many shots of it are like oh yeah, that's Texas. Like how many shots of like the the, the ground of what's supposed to be Europe? are, like, 100% oh, yeah. that is Texas and looks nothing like France. Yeah,
0: but at the time, like, how many Americans had ever been to France? Oh, yeah.
1: I mean, even even now, ostensibly, you could get away with it, but you don't just, like, rent out a small town in the middle of nowhere and just go, eh, good enough for movies anymore. <laughs> I feel like that saves you a lot of money.
0: Yeah, that, that's fair. They were in San Antonio, though. I thought
1: it said they were outside of San Antonio, that they had, like, rented a whole bunch Kelly of
0: Field, wherever that is.
1: Ah, that, yeah, that's, that's near San Antonio, but a oh, little bit... Oh, it's an air...
0: They rented yeah. out an Air Force base for a movie.
1: That checks Speak, out.
0: Speaking of things that you 100% could not do today. Yeah. Like, there's no way. Like, oh, yeah, sure, just come to our active military place and shoot a movie where you fly planes into buildings.
1: Ugh. <sighs>
0: But you know that's kind of sad. But we we don't have that totally ludicrous uh, ability to do that to make art anymore, or maybe yeah. it, maybe it's not.
1: I don't know. I could go either way. I feel like they got to make a movie without the military. Yeah, but it was so jingoistic anyway. So I guess it doesn't really matter. Because uh, there's like now the whole thing where like the army will give you a whole bunch of stuff if you're making a movie that has the U.S. Army in it. But they kind of get final, they get final approval over how the. U.S. military is portrayed in the film. Ah. So that's fun. That's a fun thing about our nation. Susan, should we rate this movie so that this half-hour podcast does not become an hour-long podcast?
0: Yeah, I guess we should do that. Oh, there was one other thing I wanted to touch on, and now I forgot what it was.
1: We went through basic training. We went through Gary Cooper. We went through the... the Fighting the German superplane and the Follies. So there's,
0: like, there's this kiss that oh yes david have while jack is like very tenderly holding david while he's dying that a lot has been made about that kiss where it was Mm -hmm. like oh it's the first gay kiss on screen that is not a gay kiss
1: yeah no it's just before it's before hollywood figured out you weren't allowed to let people know that men kiss sometimes right like it's just like it's but it's I've seen my straight
0: friends in parting after having a couple of beers give a more passionate dude on dude kiss than that.
1: Yeah, it's uh, what it is. I feel like, though, what I was going to say about that scene is my entire reaction to that scene was, oh, this is what that episode of Archer about Woodhouse's tontine in World War One is all based on. Like, it's the, all the weird <laughs> flashbacks to Woodhouse's time in the war are 100% a parody of Wings, and I did not realize it until now.
0: The way um, weirder kiss that happens here, which, like, not to say that gay kissing is weird, because gay kissing is great, Yeah, is the kiss that David gives his mom when he leaves for war, which was, like, straight on the mouth, like, arm around her waist, tipped over, like... They're on a dance floor kiss. And I was like, oh, so David just, like, kisses everybody really, really a lot. There's,
1: there's a whole, like, fucking Rebecca-style movie about David's parents. Oh, yeah. Because the dad is also super-duper weird in a completely unexplained way. Yeah,
0: because he's in a wheelchair, but we never find out why. And the wheelchair is, like, this velvet upholstered chair.
1: And he looks like, it, as David is leaving... He is constantly shaking in something that from shot to shot, my best guess kept flying back and forth between, like, he's trying to hold it together because his kid's leaving and, like, absolute unbridled rage. Right. I had no sense of what his read on his kid going off to war was whatsoever and there was
0: the thing where his mom is like and one other thing and then he's like oh I'm just gonna kiss you passionately like thanks
1: for my childhood teddy bear charm bracelet doll so much about this movie (laughs) very strange
0: my 10 pound dog has bigger toys than that teddy bear it's it's like two inches tall
1: it's like a teddy bear that a teddy bear that a six-year-old would have
0: Like, like,
1: it's... It's
0: Teddy's Teddy!
1: Yeah, like, that's... That's the scale of it. It is a thing that you can attach to your keychain. It is not his childhood teddy bear. Unless he was seven inches tall.
0: (laughs) And he seems like a pretty, like, tall dude. Yeah. So it's... It doesn't seem likely.
1: No. Um...
0: But yeah, we should rate this movie. Yes. So... What did we give 7th Heaven last week? Did we go to 4 stars?
1: I I gave it 4 stars out of 10, and I think I talked you up to 4 from a 3.
0: From 3. Yeah, I'm I'm gonna give this one, uh, I'm gonna give it a 7. Damn. I really liked it! I'm- It was way too long, but the cinematography was great. There was a lot of stuff where it was like, the work that they did with the technology that they had was really impressive and creative. Uh, Clara Bow is adorable. Mm-hmm. The costume design, other than when they were at war, was great. They flew a plane into a building!
1: <laughs> okay, so here's what I'm gonna say, because I'm just gonna, I'm breaking all the rules. I'm gonna say, I'm gonna give this movie a four, but I'm also retroactively gonna say, I think you were right, and Seventh Heaven was a three. It's hard to calibrate. This early in the going, what a five even is? Um, right, We have a lot of really actually very good movies coming up at some point in the next 10 years. So I feel like setting this at a seven is the fucking conversation is going to be on here at some point and we're going to have to be like, I guess it's slightly better than Wings. (laughs) Eh.
0: Um, Like I guess Citizen Kane is an improvement. Yeah. Yeah, but I I think for me, like I'm judging within the years.
1: Okay, if we're judging within the years, then yeah, I'm going to, I'm gonna go with like a six. Okay. Clara Bow is really good in this. She is. The the actual the actual movie, the thing this movie is supposed to be is not a very good movie. But the thing this movie is, because Clara Beau is in it, is a lot of scenes of Clara Bow being delightful. That's fair. Uh and then some really good shots of planes.
0: <laughs> Great. Alright, so we yeah. so six for you, seven for me. Retroactively making seventh heaven a three i'm comfortable with that yeah i don't disagree
1: yeah i think that makes sense and then i'll adjust both those store scores again next week when we watch did we talk about what we were watching last the next week we did last episode because i feel like we should do that we we should do that every time so that insane people can Uh, follow along with us on this journey we did
0: actually we mentioned it
1: I'm gonna get this completely wrong, like like I've just ca- kept calling him Jayco or whatever for the whole fucking podcast. <laughs> it's the it's the racket, right? Is the name of
0: it? Is the racket? Because yes, we and it has dialogue that is spoken.
1: And we got through t- we got through two whole war movies before the Academy's love affair with crime movies began.
0: Yeah, I'm pretty psyched to watch this, though I don't know where I'm gonna find it. But that is that is my problem. Not the audience. That's
1: tomorrow, Susan's problem. <laughs> For now, we're going to just end this podcast.
0: All right. Goodbye, everybody. Bye.